0: Good morning, this is Bo Matthews and this is Let's Talk on News Talk 1050 KSIS. Let's Talk is a one-hour program devoted to issues and developments that are of importance to Sedalia and the surrounding communities. By committing an entire hour to a subject and many times having experts join us in the studio, we will be able to delve into the topic of the week and provide you with a fuller understanding of what is happening in our community with me this morning is John Meehan and Ron Tolner. John, we have a uh, guest or two in here this morning, Ron also, that we're going to introduce and get into this and start talking about what's going on around Sedalia. So let's talk Sedalia.
1: Good morning, Bo. Yes, we've got two fantastic guests with us this morning, and the first one, Leticia Ketting. Leticia, step up to the mic and tell us a little bit about you.
2: Well, what would you like to know, John? <laughs> <laughs> Just take off. All right. Well, uh, so my name is Letitia, and I uh, work as the supervisor of volunteer services at the Missouri Veterans Home in Warrensburg. I've been there just a little over eight years, and prior to that, I used to be the newsroom assistant at the Sedalia Democrat and worked there for uh, almost 18 years.
1: you when you were at the newspaper, you did some fantastic articles in regards to the veterans. And I know that's been deep embedded in your heart for so many years. And now you took it to the next step, left the newspaper, all those articles, which we all miss at the Democrat. And now you're at the Veterans Home in Walshburg. What a smooth transition that's been for you. So thank you for what you're doing.
2: You're very welcome.
0: Yes. Something I might say also, because I've uh, dealt uh, personally with Letitia, with our family, because uh, not so much my dad, he was only there a few days before he passed, but my father-in-law, Van White, was yes. there, and she knew him very well. And uh, the things that she does over there behind the scenes and things, is just one of those jobs that probably not enough hand claps and other thank yous out boys or out girls should be given to Letitia because of her job, I know it, it entails so many different things that you do on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. Most definitely. Yeah, yeah. so thank you very much.
1: And a little bit later in the show, Leticia going to share with us a little bit of history about the Warrensburg uh, site and how it developed. And uh, she provided us with a little bit of lead information. And boy, I tell you what, it's a what a concept and what a process that was to go through to get that to be landed in Warrensburg.
0: Yes, it was. All right. So let's go ahead and switch it around now. We have uh, another guest with us today, and it is Jeffrey Helsher. And, Jeffrey, uh, tell everyone who you are, uh, the, the organization you're with, and what you do.
3: Sure. Well, first off, thanks for having me here this morning. I appreciate it. Uh, my name is Jeff Helscher. I'm the public affairs officer at Truman VA in Columbia, Missouri. I've been there for about not quite four years. Uh, prior to that, I spent a little over 20 years with the University of Missouri. Originally from Washington, Missouri, um, I uh, joined the United States Navy after high school and spent four years on a Spruance-class destroyer, and, uh, and then after following that, I went back and graduated from MU and, of course, then started my, my career in public affairs with the university.
0: So what is it that uh, you're seeing on a daily basis, some of the things that you run through?
3: Uh, well, right now, pretty much everything is, you know, COVID-based. That's something that we've been dealing with for um, over a year and a half, course, that's not the only thing that we do. Obviously, you know, our mission is to, to provide uh, care for for veterans, and that's something that um, that we work very hard at uh, accomplishing. So it's, it's a little more difficult now with COVID, but um, we're certainly continuing on with the mission. I think it's uh, important to note that even though some of the things that we did prior to, we're not able to, you know, as far as um, having more people in, and, and I think that's something that we all miss, is is um, those of us that work with veterans, you know, it's, it's certainly a place where they get their health care, but it's also a community, and they come in, and they interact with each other, and, and there's still a little bit of that, but it's not like it used to be. Um, it was actually turned into kind of a, a bit of a social event, as well as a, a medical appointment, and, you know, there's always that, that rivalry you run across with veterans who come in, and and, you know, they say, oh, you're a Navy. Well, you know. But, you know, the, the bottom line is we all served and, and we respect each other in that way. And so it's, it's a great place to be.
4: Uh, as we delve deeper into the uh, subjects this morning, we just want to uh, emphasize the fact that this, our, uh, this program is really meant uh, to honor our local veterans and recognize them for their services to this country. Uh, we have some tremendous services here locally to benefit those veterans. And uh, as we get further into this, we're gonna find out more of what that is. Jeff will be speaking in detail about the uh, new facility going up behind uh, our local Walmart. I'm sure a lot of people over the months have been wondering what's going on there. Well, that is going to provide a lot of services to our local veterans, whereby they had to go some distance in the past to get those services. So uh, as, we, as we get into this, uh, let's uh, everyone remember our veterans and what they've done for us and in turn
1: what our community is going to do or is doing for them. Well, let's hear again from Leticia. Leticia, tell us more about the Veterans Home in Warrensburg.
2: Well, the Veterans Home in Warrensburg is just a little over 21 years old. Uh, it officially opened in September of 2000. Prior to that, it was a all-out fight uh, probably between the cities of uh, Warrensburg and of uh, Clinton to try to get the veterans home there in Warrensburg. Uh, Probably one of your head Leaders on that was uh, state representative, uh, Delita Williams. She was the one that really fought to make sure that that home got there. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you also had Marvin Neal uh, and Nancy Anderson. They ended up being the spearheads of the Veterans Assistance League. So they are the sole 501c3 nonprofit organization that strictly uh, supports the Veterans Home there in Wardsburg. Mm-hmm. So they were instrumental in that fight. Uh, I think uh, back in the day, they actually got on school buses, to go all the way to the Capitol to sit there and take a stand to say, hey, we want, the, we want the Veterans Home to be here in Warrensburg. This is what we can do. And they even got the land that was the Veterans Home was located on donated.
1: That that was a huge commitment from the county and the city because I understand that the county actually donated 22 acres out there for this particular purpose, Mm -hmm. and the city of Sedalia, in order to provide services out there, actually annexed it into the city. And provided the facilities, the sewer and the water and that sort of thing out there. The municipal, normal municipal uh, program. So you yeah. mean you mean
0: the city of Warrensburg, yeah. not yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, Yes, the city of
1: Warrensburg. Yes.
2: Yeah, it'd be a long annex. <laughs> But yeah, but yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was a group effort. You know, you had the county, you had the city, you had everybody working together to bring that home there in Warrensburg. And then you had Jim Whitfield as well. He was a longtime Warrensburg uh, advocate and actually was instrumental in creating the Missouri Veterans Commission and the cemeteries program and so much more. So, um, yeah, it's fascinating to see how it all came together. But we were going to have a big, you know, 20th anniversary celebration last year to celebrate our anniversary, but because of COVID, we couldn't do that. So, Mm -hmm.
4: you know, Letitia, take just a minute and uh, elaborate a little bit on what that facility means to Sedalia.
2: What that uh, facility means to Sedalia? We have a lot of veterans that are from Sedalia or from Pettis County or, I mean, we have veterans kind of a whole wagon wheel if you you take Warrensburg and put it as a wagon wheel. Um, So if you come into our veterans' home, and especially pre-COVID, as, as uh, Bo will let you know, um, it was it's a magical place. I mean, it's not just a nursing home, it's their home. And so we do everything we can to make it as home-like as possible. But for, for them, I mean, I wish to goodness if my dad would have had it been in a, in a home, a veterans' home is where I'd want him to be. I mean, we have so much quality of life programs, and, and we treat them like our family. We have happy hour every Friday where they can have two beers or a glass of wine, depending on their medication. That is not brought to you by the state of Missouri. That is brought to you by the Veterans Assistance League. But in the real world, we look forward to Friday, so by golly, our veterans look forward to Friday too. So um, that, that would be, you know, those kinds of things to where, you, you again, you know, you, you, see, you see the man, you don't see the disability. You see the woman, you don't see the limitations. Mm-hmm. So that that's what kind of makes us special.
0: The one thing that I noticed the being over there also uh, during those times when they had the happy hour, when you'd have guests come in to play, Jim Gartner's one I know has been over to play guitar. There's other gentlemen and, and, and women over there that go over there and play music for them. That was Songs that they were used to hearing when they were younger, mm-hmm. ones that they'll sing along to, it <laughs> makes a difference yeah. for them.
4: And in case you missed it, uh, when Letitia said it a second ago, uh, this facility benefits not only our male veterans, but our female veterans as well.
2: Oh, yes, yes. We I think we have uh, seven or eight of them at this time. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're great. We have one. She is the queen of the Veterans Home, and she will let you know it. So, uh <laughs>
0: <laughs> that makes a difference, too. So let's go ahead and uh, wrap up this short segment that we've had, uh, talking with Letitia Kedding and Jeff Helsher. Uh, John Meehan, Ron Tolner, Bo Matthews with you. We'll be back in a moment with more Let's Talk on News Talk 1050 KSIS. A reminder that Let's Talk can be heard Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. on News Talk 1050 KSIS. The show can also be heard on the KSIS Radio app and also at ksisradio.com. You can contact us with any comments, questions, concerns, and ideas. Back on let Talk on News Talk 1050 KSIS. I'm Bo Matthews and Letitia Ketting is with us. Letitia, we're talking about the VA facility in Warrensburg. Tell us a little bit more of what we were talking about off the microphone.
2: Well, initially they used to have the VA clinic right there inside of our veterans home. Eventually they decided that they needed to expand services. We did not have the campus to be able to do that. So they took the VA clinic out of the veterans' home, and they moved it into their own building. Okay. So they are literally like catty-cornered away from the American Legion post there in Warrensburg. Once the the VA clinic left our building, then we had a whole kind of hallway and a front office uh to have a space that we could utilize so what we did with the front part of it that is a, the veteran service officer office so we have not only the local one but we also have a regional service officer there as well as we took where they used to have the waiting rooms and the, the patient rooms we made that into an education center so that is a place where we can do all of the education for our staff we have cna classes there um, and that kind of stuff. So, with our veterans that they're needing to have care through the VA, they typically go to the Warrensburg uh, Veterans Clinic there, mm-hmm. or they will go see go up to Kansas City to the Kansas City Veterans uh, Hospital up there.
0: Okay. One thing I might mention also is that the Veterans Facility in Warrensburg will take veterans if they're interested. They can contact. There is a lot of people don't realize there is a waiting list to get into. The Veterans Home.
2: There is a waiting list, um, but the you know one of the major changes on that because there used to be the waiting list and you'd have this really big humongous number. Well, those, a lot of those veterans weren't re- weren't ready to go into a nursing home. They just wanted to be on the of list course. in case they ever needed it. Mm-hmm. So now that list is whittled down to, you, if you're on that list, you need to be in a nursing home. Okay. It's not like you halfway need, no. It's 100% you need to be in a nursing home. Okay. So they uh, Amity uh, is our co- uh, emissions coordinator, so they can reach out to her uh, to get the emissions process started. Uh, we're not... Taking admissions at this point because of COVID, mm-hmm. but eventually that will wrap, you know, open back, open up. back up. Yes. Okay. okay. Leticia,
1: tell us more about uh, the admission process and how many veterans do you have in the home now and what's your capacity and are you limited for any reasons? Follow up on
2: that. Uh, the capacity of veterans in our home would be 200. Uh, right now, our census is at 95. Uh, we have 98 on the waiting list. Uh, of those on the waiting list, um, I think that there was I can't remember the number. I think there was 48 that had declined. like they are on the waiting list and they're like, oh, not ready yet, okay. you know. Um, and that that's kind of typical but we are at a hold on emissions at this time because of staffing issues so you have to have a certain amount of staff to care for those veterans so until you get that staff number to go up then you can't put in more veterans
4: and those staffing issues are related directly to that dreaded word COVID
2: yes co COVID yeah covid really i mean you had it at the beginning before covid but not to this extent to where you have people fleeing out of healthcare. uh they want to be out of it i mean it's hard it's 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 not easy it's it's a lot of work and a lot of heartache you know but with it i think and i was i was telling ron earlier you know for me there there was a core of us you know you you see all the numbers of people leaving and that kind of stuff but you forget To remember the ones that stayed and for me personally it was our chance to get back our veterans did everything they were on the front lines to save us this was our chance to be on the front lines hook up arm and arm and say you know what it's time to return the favor we're gonna stay here for you we're gonna fight for you and maybe our numbers are not you know overly high But the hearts are the hearts of gold and the hearts of warriors. So, in that sense, we were able to give back.
1: That's that's fantastic, uh, Letitia. And of course, I think uh, if you love your work, you feel called to what you're doing. And I think that all of you there at the Warrensburg Veterans' Home have have that calling to give back and take care of our veterans. So, thank you so much for what you do.
2: You're very welcome. You're very welcome. And I said, you know, it, it was hard because, again, with COVID, you're losing, you know, and there might be a day that you hear the bells, the ship bell being rung three times in the day with taps. And it's like, oh, my gosh, not another one, not another one. I mean it's hard
0: leticia explain that because a lot of people don't realize what happens in that process and yeah, it is hard
2: it is and i said you've you've witnessed some of those yourself yeah. to where whenever we lose a veteran you hear the ship bell ring three times and we gather together for a moment of silence for our fallen our fallen veterans and they play taps with every single veteran that we lose so you know we're a family And so, you know, that's for some of our veterans, that's their last chance to say goodbye to their happy hour buddy or their roommate or or whoever else that they've made a connection with. So we all feel that that void. We all, you know, feel that hurt. And so, again, that's probably why some people can handle that and they can dig in and say, "Okay, I'm going to I'm going to give the same love and respect to the next one that come in and others. It's too hard. They're like, I'm done. I can't I can't do it. So. it's a hard job but it's a rewarding job if you can sit there and connect with them because we become their family they didn't get get to come in like they used to so we're the ones that they see every day and you know so they're putting their faith and their love in our hands so for me you got to fight and do everything you can to make their lives better
1: all right. Let me reintroduce uh, Jeff. Jeff, uh, you know, Letitia's been talking about the uh, the care at the Warrensburg Veterans Home, and and of course, they have a clinic there in Warrensburg uh, for the you know the primary kind of care, and then if something more serious, they're taken to the Kansas City area. Uh, w- In your capacity, you're in Columbia, and you're uh, those folks who are from Sedalia, Pettis County. A lot of those are going to the Truman Hospital. So, tell us a little bit about that, and then uh, we want to hear more about what's happening and what your what the goals are
3: for Sedalia. Right. Um, So, nationally, the uh, the Veterans Health Administration has about eight hundred. Uh, community-based outpatient clinics. We call them C-box. Uh, we like our acronyms. So um, it, here in Mid Missouri, um, Truman VA has eight, and of course one of them is right here in Sedalia. Uh, and as you know, um, we're in the process of uh, preparing to move into a new facility that's right next door to, or uh, you know, within close proximity to the to the one we're using right now. Um, right now, the the current location is at thirty-three uh, twenty West. 10th Street and the future location is going to be at 981 Winchester Drive and what we're basically doing is, is as I said earlier we uh, we are um, our mission is to modernize not only the services we provide but also our facilities and um, that we're going to be um, moving into a new facility probably we're tracking in early December that's going to be um, a, newer faci- a new facility and then it also will be larger so we're gonna move from a facility that's about 6,200 square feet to one that's almost 11,000 square feet, um, where it will be an increase from uh, 12 examination rooms to 18. Uh, the current services that we provide here in Sedalia are primary care of course that's that's the main purpose of the C box but we also provide behavioral health and telemedicine. The new clinic will also include physical therapy and then um, podiatry as well.
0: so they're they're talking more staffing does that seem to be Letitia was talking about with staffing over at the VA home in Warrensburg is that uh, a concern? of the new facility bringing on new uh, staffing?
3: Not at this time. Uh, we're going to continue on with the same team that we have currently, uh, but again, we will be bringing in two new services. Uh, so then we'll have um, uh, podiatry and, and, uh, and uh, um, physical therapy here as well.
4: So if you're using the same staffing level that you've got now, except as you <laughs> said, for the two new services, I'm guessing that you're not anticipating any capacity problems or ability to take care of the patient load that will be coming into the newer facility it seems like you you add the space that you're adding you've certainly got the capacity for uh, a lot more veterans than you've had in the past.
3: Correct, I mean, you always build in a little extra just because, um, you know, I think right now two of the providers are part-time, so they're moving toward, uh, one is getting ready to retire, so they'll move more toward a, uh, a full-time position there, and that's why you're gonna have more examination rooms. Uh, but then you're also adding for physical therapy about 1,500 square feet um, just for uh, a physical therapy gym. So, you know, a space so that um, you can do everything that you would do in Columbia. And so, when you think about it, you know, um, I think when I was young, I remember I had a surgery when I was a kid, and I had that was my first experience with physical therapy, and it made all the difference in the world. Had they not provided that level of care to me, I would have not been able to go into the military uh, when I was 18. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, that is something that's so important to get you back to where you were before a procedure. But even now. Uh, you get a soft tissue injury or something along those lines. You're gonna need physical therapy to get you back. It'll get you back faster and and to a better place than if you hadn't had it. So uh, that's going to be uh, really big to to have that right here because you can well imagine uh, if you're having to go to physical therapy three times a week, mm-hmm. and you're going to have to drive to Columbia. You know, you're talking six hours a week on the road, You know, whereas here it's going to be right here in Sedalia.
0: I know I had a, a hip replacement done over at the VA, and then I had to have in-home come after I did my physical therapy there at the hospital for the short time I was there, but then went ahead and had in-service come in uh, will they provide then, like, for that situation? Is that what you're seeing a lot more of just for people to be able to go to the facility there uh, so maybe they don't have to do the in-home, or I guess you'll still see some of that also?
3: That, that would just depend yeah, on, on the whatever situation. the provider yeah, prescribes. But, I mean, to have it right here in town and then right. they have the facility to just do it, that's that's not, that's where we're going to. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Jeff, uh, you, you talked about the old facility and the new facility. Uh, what's going to happen to the old facility?
3: So uh, both facilities are leased. Okay. Um we lease them from EW Thompson. Uh, and so once we leave the the current facility and move into the new then um, that'll the building will revert back to the to the building owner and then we'll just continue on with the new facility.
1: Is there a, a date uh, or an estimate of when that process will take place?
3: We're expecting it to be December 6th.
4: And regarding the leasing of the facilities, uh, I'm guessing at this point, and you can confirm it for me, but uh, uh, my guess is that is a common practice as far as the facil- facilities go uh, for the VA and and for the construction and use of them.
3: That's absolutely right. Um, all of our um, CBOC facilities are leased.
1: Well, I, I see Bo waving at us here that uh, we're, we probably need to take another break here. But when we come back, we'd like to know more about, you talked about some of the, uh, the clinic uh, availability here. But if they have, uh, a veteran has something more serious, they're going to end up going to the Truman Hospital. So tell us a little bit about that when we come back.
0: Reminder that Let's Talk can be heard Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. on News Talk 1050 KSIS. The show can also be heard on the KSIS Radio app and also at ksisradio.com. You can contact us with any comments, questions, concerns, and ideas.
1: Okay, so Jeff, tell us... Uh, you. Have- uh, a little bit about the Truman Medical Center and also how many veterans in our area are you taking care of now?
3: Right, so um, currently we provide care to about 2,500 veterans right here in the Sedalia area. Overall, uh, each year we, we care for about 40,000 veterans from 43 counties in the state of Missouri and one county in, in Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, Truman VA. Um, It opened in 1972, real briefly, it opened in Mm -hmm. 1972, so this coming April we're going to be celebrating our 50th anniversary, so stay tuned for that. Um, But it it originally was going to be a behavioral health facility, uh, but as they were still in the construction phase, they determined that it would now be a a full medical center. And so, you know, that's what we've been working on uh, for the past 10 years is, is modernizing that facility and, and um, um, taking those inpatient rooms that, in, in some ways, were, were back to that time period into the 21st century. Mm-hmm. And uh, so if you ever had an opportunity to, to be in some of our new um, inpatient units, uh, the, the transformation is amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are state-of-the-art. And uh, we're getting close to being completed there. Um, we just opened up a new progressive care unit a few months ago um and we're in the process now of building a new community living center which is our um in-house nursing home and um as letitia said this is this is um a place where veterans live it's their home and so uh, we're building a standalone facility behind the hospital uh, and the, it will have a bistro. It'll have an area where, when the veterans' families come to visit, they can go there and they can actually have a kitchen area where they can cook home cook meals for them. Mm-hmm. Um, there will be um, access to an outdoor space so that they can go out to a little park area and that there's a gazebo there. And so, really, um, we, we want to do everything we can to provide them with a the home-like experience. And that, that
1: gives the local veterans another option. In other words, if, uh, if they don't have other relatives around, they might select the Warrensburg facility. If they have relatives living in Columbia that they want to be close to, well, then there's there'd be that site there that they could go with their, uh, their nursing needs.
3: No, that's absolutely right. And you know, the thing of it is, is our goal is always to keep veterans in their community. Uh, And that's another reason why we have CBOX. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we want to keep veterans in in their communities. And, you know, in the cases where a veteran may need nursing home care, um, they may opt to be you know to to receive that care in their community and if that's the case then then that's where the care in the community program kicks in Mm -hmm. and then we're able to to provide that for them there Mm -hmm. and keep them in place Mm -hmm. so and that makes it easier for the families too so that they can come and visit and spend more time with their loved one Mm
0: -hmm. I know that's the one thing that you'll sit in a waiting room and you start visiting with fellow veterans you find out how many have traveled you know, from one down in West Plains, or this one's, like you say, from Washington or whatever the area may be to the facility in Columbia, that uh, a lot of times they couldn't get that care where they needed it, where they lived, but fortunately they had that availability in Columbia.
3: Right, and you know, we have um, we have veterans who may be, you know, may live close to a Seabock. they may get some care there, but a lot of them do sometimes choose to come into Columbia uh, just for that camaraderie you know they like I said earlier um, you know they it's almost like a, a social event yeah. and and I know we all just appreciate it and, and it's it it's another reason why we love working there
0: right and it's not like what you see on mash or anything where you get that kind of care it's it's state of the art in fact uh, it it rivals probably some of the top hospitals in the country on some well, of the equipment and, and the procedures they're able to do.
3: Right. I mean, this year alone, as I said, we, um, we we've got multiple construction projects going on uh, new facilities and upgrading facilities within the, the hospital in Columbia but we've also um, acquired, like for instance, two new robotic surgical um, devices, a da Vinci robotic system and then there was a, a, a robotic bronchoscopy uh, which that, that uh, piece of equipment, we're the only VA in the country to have that.
0: Wow, so, so. very special for the, uh, v- the VA facility uh, hospital in Columbia to have all that. Jeff, one thing that I've noticed, I had a friend uh, that I had talked to some time back that he uh, served, and I can't exactly uh, remember where he was at, but it was in the last um, 10, 12 years, and he felt he hadn't has not joined Uh, with VA, which I'm sure that he could have because of where he served overseas. But you were saying that there was a family member that you had talked to, and for some, I think they almost feel like they shouldn't um, join the VA because they feel like they're taking something away from someone else, the availability for someone else to have that service.
3: Yeah, I think that's absolutely correct. I think um, just from my own experience talking with veterans and about enrollment, um, they have said those exact things to me, you know, that, um, well, gosh, if I sign up, then, then I'm going to take something away from somebody that maybe is more deserving. And that absolutely is incorrect. Um, you know, um, it, it's not like VA healthcare is not like a, a pie where that if you take a piece of it, that, then that means that there's one less piece for someone else. Uh, every person, every veteran that enrolls in VA healthcare, that actually helps, uh, 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 veterans Health Administration by um, increasing uh, the money that we receive to take care of veterans, to get like you know to upgrade our facilities right. and and the services that we provide. So yeah, definitely enrollment is is a good thing. And so I would encourage any veteran who um is interested in enrolling in VA healthcare? they may not know if they qualify or not but if they if they have questions about that I would like for them to reach out to us and I can tell you right now the number to call there is 5738146535 okay and and I would like to, to say just give us a call and we're going to do everything we can to um, to, to see if you, you you know if you qualify for enrollment if you do we're going to we're going to get you enrolled
0: If you call the, uh, if you were just to Google the veterans home in, uh, excuse me, the, the Veterans Hospital, Harry S. Truman Veterans Hospital in Columbia. I know there's a number that comes up and I've got it in my phone. I can't remember right off the, the general number.
3: Yeah, the general number is 573-814-6000. 6, 6, okay, yeah, I, knew the, I knew the 6,000. Yeah, and if, and if you called that number and just said, hey, they'll I'd direct like to, you. Yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. They'll get
0: you to the person they need to talk to and then you can take those steps that you need to to see if you would qualify.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Any
0: questions you have, they can go ahead and answer
3: those. That is correct. For,
0: okay, all right, that was the one thing because like you say, a lot of folks that won't do it, too, because they don't know how to go ahead and get hold of someone. Very easy process.
3: Right. And I think, too, um, there, there's a misconception that, that if you did enroll, that you would, would be forced to have your, you know, do, you know. The thing is, is if you were enrolled in VA healthcare, care, um, you know, you can come to your one-year appointment mm-hmm. so that you can maintain your enrollment. Um, but... You can choose to have your care, to receive your care anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, but the thing is, is I I think that once you enroll and you come to Truman VA, you're going to want to stay. And we we get that quite often where um, I've helped a, a number of veterans who you know, we're unsure. And I said, Hey, you know, there's no high pressure here. Here's my card. Just give me a call when you're ready. Um, I had one guy that it was took, you know, two years. And finally, he called me and got him enrolled. And he goes, Jeff, that was the best thing I ever did.
1: Leticia, I know one of your neat uh, opportunities in, in your job over there is to en- engage the community. And some of that involves some fundraising. I think you've got some great ideas coming up, maybe around the Christmas time. So tell us a little bit about that.
2: Oh, most definitely. I so said with COVID, you have to do a lot of out-of-the-box thinking uh, for fundraising. So um, what we will be working on for December is our Tree of Stars program. So for every $50 raised, it allows us to purchase a Christmas present for all of our veterans. Um, and so we have different levels. We have the Tree of Stars store. We have per- dog tags where you can put a personalized message on a dog tag. Uh, those level, The sponsorship levels start $25, and they go up to $200. But this year, we're adding another $200 level, and we're, we're including a banner level. And where this came from was uh, back in the spring, we could not host our golf tournament for the second year in a row. And I knew that there was no way we could wait until fall to start working on fundraising. So in five weeks' time, I ended up creating a Day of Honor and Remembrance to where we had uh, one level to where you could have a veteran sponsor a veteran um, on a banner in front of our home mm-hmm. uh, and uh, the second one was a yard sign and the third was a luminary so we had 33 banners we had seven or 88 yard signs and 300 luminaries this was in the torrential rains in May uh, I uh, got together with one of our recreation members Gus and our assistant administrator on a Wednesday night we put all the yard signs out we did lit up. All the luminaries, we did a video tour, we took everything down, and then Gus and I were there on Monday morning and we put all those uh, yard signs around our fire lane where people could drive around and see them. Uh, But so we're gonna, a lot of the families would like the banners down, they would like to have the banners to keep, but Everybody loves the banners up there. So this way you could sponsor a banner in honor or a memory of your favorite veteran. They don't have to be at the veteran's home. They can be in the state of California. Um, but you have two sides. So you could put two different veterans. But then you also have a place in a dog tag where you could put a message. And I think in the wintertime especially, having mes- messages of hope and encouragement would do so much for our veterans and our staff. But you can also sponsor a banner if you have a staff member that works there. Let's say you're a grandma and there's you know, your granddaughter's really hard to buy for. What am I gonna do? Well, hey, you can stick her picture up there and say how proud you are of her. Okay. You know, that would be you know tremendous for the staff that way. And again, it goes with the veterans as well. It's sometimes grandpa is a very hard man to buy for. What am I gonna get him? Well, here you go. And that present is not only you know for grandpa but it's helping other veterans Mm -hmm. so you get kinda like that giving it forward punch in the same thing. Mm -hmm. But then every day at work you get to see these beautiful messages and these these banners outside. And I know that Van will be one that we'll be seeing. Mm -hmm. Uh ideally, you know, his uh family had a they or there was part of his family had a fundraiser and they had a leftover keg and they sold sold the keg and they have enough money to buy a banner. I said that is so Van he is gonna go up so I can see him every morning. So
0: there
2: you go. Yeah. There
0: you go. Yeah. So if they need to contact you to find out more information on this how do they get in contact with uh, you or they the can,
2: yeah they can call me at 660-429-4661 and we have also all this information on our facebook page so if you go to the missouri veterans home dash warrensburg uh, you will see it there and,
4: and jeff maybe one more thing before we uh, cut off today that uh, you can address the fact that uh, we're in fall getting ready to go into winter it's getting colder makes everybody think of their health and in particular flu shots and with this uh time of our lives we're also thinking of those covid boosters Uh, could you please address for us uh briefly uh how people can approach
3: that with the va sure um so currently we're providing all of those uh if if a veteran needs to uh receive a flu shot uh we have a drive-through flu clinic in the uh, south part of our uh, parking garage on the first floor Uh, They can just drive right through there uh, and and get a flu shot there. And that's open from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday, except on federal holidays, of course. Um, If you need a booster shot, we're following CDC guidelines. And so right now we're only providing the Pfizer booster. Um, You bring your... uh, um your your shot card with you and you can go you can either make an appointment through your provider or you can just walk in through the um the uh the vaccine clinic there in the patient education center in the hospital and that's open from 8:30 a.m to 3 p.m monday through friday except for federal holidays so those are both ways that uh that people can get um vaccinated for either flu or COVID. And we're also still providing just regular covid vaccinations for those who haven't been vaccinated yet but would like to get vaccinated
0: Visiting with Letitia Ketting, and Letitia, we had a chance to uh, talk about the Veterans Home in Warrensburg, something I just wondered about was uh, some of the different people that you had there at the Veterans Home. You probably have at least one or two or three favorite ones, and I think you had one particular person that you wanted to tell us about.
2: Oh, yes, I did. Uh, He didn't ever live at the Veterans Home, but he is one of the reasons why I am where I am today. Right. And uh, that would be Henry Heineman. Uh Um, I first met Henry uh, at the Golden Corral at the American Legion Post 16 Veterans Dinner, Mm -hmm. and I was very, very pregnant. <laughs> oh, really? So they were teasing me. I was pregnant with my youngest one, Sierra, <laughs> at the time. Okay. Um, but I, you know, got to sit and visit with the the guys in, in American Legion Post-16, and you had, you know, Emmett Fairfax and George Fairfax mm-hmm. and Roy Talbot, uh, Harold, Howard Durrell, so you had all kind of the the, the founders, yeah. yeah. you know, and uh, Henry was sitting there talking about how, you know, that he was in the Navy and that uh, he didn't know how to swim. Mm-hmm. And i my like, wait, wait. wait,
0: wait a minute! To be in the navy and you don't know how to swim? I know.
2: It's like all, I guess a bunch of his buddies they decided that they were going to go join up for the navy because they wanted to go see the world. Okay. They didn't want to go in the army because then you would be in the mud. <laughs> So, but Henry didn't know how to swim right um, but he didn't let that deter him. He still signed up for the Navy. He was only seventeen, got his parents' permission to uh, to go ahead and pursue that. and so he was in basic training uh, over in San Diego, right. and they had to do the swimming test okay. and it was an Olympic sized pool, and they would light up twenty guys at the end of the pool, and all of a sudden you know shoot the gun or whatever and tell them to go. Well, they're all looking at Henry. The guys that knew him are like, What are you going to do now, buddy? So nobody was paying attention to him. So he grabbed the side of the pool and just held on to it all the way to the very end. He
0: just worked his way around.
2: He worked his way all the way to the end of the pool. They marked him past. (laughs) Check (laughs) mark. Congratulations, you're in the Navy.
0: Wow. Now that's a story right there. What's some other things? I know you had a, a book there about some of the different veterans and. You were showing me a few of the things, and and man, what a story he had to tell! He he
2: really did, because you know he didn't know how to swim, but he ended up on not one but two sinking ships in World War II. Okay. So he learned how to swim, needless to say. Right. Um, But you know uh, that that was kind of what was you know so funny about him. But uh, he ended up uh, wounded off of the USS Reed. So um, he had shrapnel in his jaw, mm-hmm. and he came when he came back to Sedalia. He was stayed overnight in a hotel, okay. and he went to the pharmacy, and his sister worked there. So and he she, went to
0: go meet her. Yeah, let he her saying, know that hey I'm back. back, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. And she passed out because she they got in a telegram saying that he was missing in action.
0: Oh my goodness!
2: So she's like, "You're gonna call mom before you go over there, you know, <laughs> so that way she knows, you know." She knows that you're right. still here. Oh, could
0: you imagine if he walked up on the doorstep and knocked on the door, or just walked in, and his mom sees him? Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
2: yeah. Wow. But said and one of the cool things about Henry, he was vital with the forty-eight to help bring the forty-eight box car here to Sedalia. Okay. So he was part of that, and one of the things that made me laugh is that they did a documentary on the forty-eight, and you had Henry Heineman and Jerry Andrawiec, and here Jerry's jumping in and out of the forty-eight box car, and Henry's talking about how where they had the big music festival in the seventies here. Right. That he got really mad because the quote hippies popped up the floorboards at the bottom of the 48 boxcar and made it into a home for them to stay in, and he had to go fix it. <laughs> so he was not very happy with this.
0: <laughs> so, quite so the character. He,
2: he really, really was.
0: All right, so that's just one of the many I know that you've known through the years, uh, one that you really got close to. He wasn't yes. at, like you say, he wasn't at the Veterans Home. He but was just n- no. one that you knew. He
2: was one that, here that I knew, and we we connected instantly. and he you know, all the way to his deathbed, we were buddies. So we became instant family, and uh, um, he's somebody that inspires me every day.